0: hello everyone and welcome to this interview uh, at mom and a spiritual journey I'm Sarah Lawrence Hinson and this week I'm delighted to be able to interview Deborah landway Engel, author workshop facilitator inspirational speaker and regular blogger at Patheos.com she lives in Madison County Iowa in the United States in this episode we're going to talk about Deborah's latest book let Your Spirit Guide Speak, a simple guide for a life of purpose, abundance and joy. Published by Hampton Roads, recently published in September and also available at Amazon.com. So hi there, Deborah. Lovely to have you on the podcast.
1: Well, it's great to be here. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Oh, my pleasure. Um, I hear you've just come back from Europe where you were co-leading a writing retreat Um Please, could you tell us a little bit about
1: that? Sure. It was an over-the-top wonderful experience. <laughs> um, it was a, a writing retreat called the Rocaberti Writers uh, Castle Retreat because it was held at a medieval castle about two hours outside of Barcelona. Oh. And the intent, it's partly for people who want to write screenplays and then also for people who want to write books mm-hmm. that will eventually become screenplays. So I was there as a book mentor and uh, just had the most wonderful time meeting people from all over the world and talking about their creative talents and helping to nurture those. It's, um, you know, for anyone who's done any kind of retreat, group retreat, where the dynamics just click and everyone has such a great time together, it was one of those experiences. And a little bit hard to come back, I have to say, <laughs> but, but always good to be home, too. Oh,
0: beautiful. Um some of the architecture in Spain is amazing. So I can yes. only imagine how lovely it was.
1: It really was. Yeah, to be in a small village surrounded by medieval architecture and to be in that kind of history. And yet in a place that's been updated with all the modern conveniences, including Wi-Fi, of course, <laughs> which was very important. Um, it was just kind of the best of everything, you know, history and creativity and um Oh, just that bond, you know, that you can feel with strangers, but you can just immediately get to know people on such a deep level.
0: Wonderful. Really great stuff. Wonderful. Lovely to hear. Thank you. So, as I said earlier, today we're here to chat about your excellent book, Let Your Spirit Guide Speak. Um, I've really enjoyed this book, and um, I feel like uh, my guides kind of popped in and said yes when it even arrived in the mail. So. I do, I do think that's it's good funny to know. how energy works. Yeah, I'm sure that's yeah, true for yep. anyone who decides to read the book,
1: too. Right. I think our guides and the guides who helped bring this book into physical, uh, you know, physical space, mm-hmm. that they're out there doing a lot of work that I am very often not even aware of. You know, sometimes I have an inkling, but um, but I think they're pretty busy. And it's always so gratifying, you know, to hear messages from people, across the country or in other parts of the world now who are discovering the book and, um, and really seeing some results, you know, starting to feel that relationship with their guides that they've never felt before.
0: Yes, amazing. It'll be amazing for people, I'm quite sure of that. So I've got several more questions to ask. Um, I'm so glad you could be here today and uh, despite your busy schedule, so let's get to it. Um, reading through the book, um, I'd love to know if there was a specific place and time you can remember first really getting in touch with your, guide, your guides, or was it a gradual process for you?
1: It was kind of a combination of both of those things, a gradual process where I knew that there was some kind of comfort or presence available to me. Mm-hmm. And I tell a couple of stories in the book, one about being in elementary school, and then one about being in high school, both times when there was something either that I wanted, or that I was in a place of Loneliness. You know, I think a lot of us have gone through that time, especially when we're teenagers, we're maybe feeling ostracized or outside the group. Um, and I just had one of those moments in high school when I was feeling very much alone and tell the story in the book about how in that moment I was able to feel supported and comforted by something that I couldn't really name. But it was really years later when, probably about 20 years ago, I went to see a past life regressionist, a woman who did traditional therapy um, as well, but she also did past life regressions. Mm-hmm. And during one of those regressions, I was taken to the time before I came into this life. And at that point, I saw this whole team of guides. I knew them to be, be my guides once I saw them. Dressed in, it sounds very strange, kind of funny, but, you know, I think that's a lot of our guide's personality mm-hmm. is that there's humor involved. Um, but they were dressed in white jogging suits, essentially. <laughs> and <laughs> and they were like cheerleaders. You know, they were my team, and I could really feel that. It was the first time that I had really seen them. And honestly, I've never seen them quite that clearly ever since because I tend to hear their messages more than more than seeing them. Mm -hmm. But what struck me was just how enthusiastic and how much they were there for me. And they also gave me a couple of very clear messages about why I was in this life, why I'm here, what my purpose is, why I was born to the parents and in the family I was born into, Mm. why I was born in this part of the world. It was so helpful in giving me a sense of purpose and helping me really understand what I'm here for. And then to feel that support that they gave me. I mean, they might as well have had pom-poms and (laughs) might as well have been (laughs) jumping up and down and (laughs) because it was that kind of energy. And so I've carried that with me ever since. Mm -hmm. I've had, you know, countless situations and experiences and conversations with my guides. But having that moment really helped me feel just how deep their desire to help us and their devotion to us really is.
0: Wonderful. I love that. Um, what you shared with us about the white jogging suits, because um, I'm, I'm sure lots of people will resonate. Because uh, in the past, I've had often images of my guides disco dancing across my vision. <laughs> and I used to sit and think, really? <laughs> you know, Is yep, this really? But right. You've just validated an experience for me. So I'm sure there'll oh, be boy. other people listening out there who go, you know, <laughs> Right. Well, and
1: I think that's so wonderful. I'm so glad that you mentioned that because there have been times when, like when the books have been published, where there's a real sense of accomplishment. And I know very much, very clearly that this is something that I've accomplished with the help of my guides and in collaboration or co-creation with the guides. And so, you know, we take time to just have a moment or I've taken time to have have a moment with them and feel their sense of celebration and often it is like this, I call it a Snoopy dance, you know, the Snoopy <laughs> from Peanuts where he's just dancing around on top of the doghouse. It's that feeling of just, um, you know, unabated, unadulterated joy and celebration. And I think it's so important, you know, if you have a sense of that happening, stop, pay attention to it, get in touch with your guides, celebrate with them, or, you know, to really intentionally set aside that time. Any Anytime that you feel a sense of accomplishment, tune in with your guides and, you know, just become aware of how much they are celebrating you. Mm. It's a, a great thing for them and for us as well.
0: I so agree. And I just want to share with you, as you were talking about stopping and sharing a moment, um, the clock on my r- computer came up
1: 11.11. 11. Oh, so. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> there they are. Yeah. they are speaking. And yep, in all of their amazing ways. 11.11 has been showing up so much recently for me and One Eleven as well. So so they just, yep, gives me a special joy to hear that.
0: Gives me the energetic tingles. So yes, they're they're just, you know, paying, they are paying attention. I sometimes feel like they're pulling our strings sometimes. (laughs) I think
1: so too. And I think that's something that I've learned, you know, over the years is that they really do have a sense of humor We tend, I think, to take all of this way too seriously and to make them out as these lofty higher beings who, um, you know, are are angelic. And that can very much get in our way because we can sometimes think then that, oh, they're too busy, you know, to care about my petty problems or I'm not worthy of their attention when, in fact, they're so devoted to us. You know, I truly believe every single person on the planet has spirit guides Everybody listening out there, you have spirit guides who are devoted specifically to you and to make your life more joyful and more peaceful and easier. And, yeah, they will find funny and creative and quirky ways to do that, as well as helping you through the darker times, too.
0: Wonderful. Yay, I'm so glad we had you on the bo- on the podcast, Deborah, because um, there are so many people who need to hear exactly what you just said to get their confidence up you know, to start right. working on their own guides. is so helpful for people. So thank you for that. Absolutely. So um, back to your book, Let Your Spirit Guides Speak. Um, one of the themes I loved in the book is that you recommend creating a relationship with your guides. I especially like the neighbours analogy when we're considering how to get in touch with our guides. Um, and you almost talk about there being a neighbourhood where they're in a different house. Could you expand on a that a little please for the spiritual journey is
1: absolutely yeah and again it really does come down to that idea that they are not separate from us again i think we have a tendency to to put them on a higher plane or put them on a pedestal and um, to think that they are different or separate from from us and of course we know that we're all connected we're all one which means that we're all one with our guides as well as one with each other's too. So I think it is really helpful to think about them not as these beings who are somehow physically distanced from us, mm-hmm. but as though they are right here next to us mm-hmm. in the house next door or standing right next to us, going through our day, you know, right alongside us and helping us with everything, every decision we're making, every conversation we're having, um, just boy, they really are like our team, you know, as I said, just eager to help us. So that idea of being a neighbor, you know, that they are, the thing about them is that they can, they obviously have a bigger picture than we do. You know, we can only see a little bit of this physical life and who we are and our role in it. Hmm. Uh, We just have some limited vision because of being in physical bodies. And we can certainly expand that through spiritual practice But there's still going to be a lot of things that our spirit guides can see and understand that we can't in the moment. So it would be like moving into a neighborhood with somebody who's lived in that neighborhood for a long time, knows the other people there, knows the lay of the land, can kind of help us get acquainted, can help us make good decisions, can help us feel at home. That's exactly what they do. So it's really like you know just moving into your own life moving into the neighborhood of your life mm. knowing that you've got these neighbors there who want to help you and want to take you under their wing and you know just kind of guide you so that you feel more comfortable and at home just where you are
0: oh i got even more from that from you explaining it i un- i understood the principle from the book but i got more from you explaining that too so wonderful Um, so in your, uh, book, you have sections of the book that your writing guide wrote specifically. Is her name Ella? Is that right?
1: That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. Um,
0: I'd love you to share with the listeners a little of how you go about that writing process, uh, how you connected with Ella. Is it automatic writing per se, or do you have another approach? What happens?
1: Sure. Yeah. It's kind of evolved over the years. I used to write, um, in my journal a lot, longhand, and then found at some point that that was just too slow a process because I couldn't write quickly enough. Mm-hmm. I suppose I would call it channeled writing because what happens now and what I've done for many years is that I'll sit down at the computer in the morning. I don't do it every morning, but most mornings I'll sit down for a morning meditation and morning conversation with my guides. I think of it in a way, it's kind of like if you got up in the morning and, went into the kitchen and fixed yourself a pot of coffee and your family was sitting there and you didn't say hello to them, (laughs) they would think that was kind of rude if you didn't (laughs) say good morning. So same thing with the guides. I tried to greet them in some way, you know, even before I get out of bed some mornings. Just when I wake up, kind of automatically say good morning to them and acknowledge them. Maybe take, you know, a few seconds. It doesn't have to take a lot of time just to say to them, hmm, here's the kind of day I'd like to have or to tune in to them and get any message that they have available for me about how we can move through the day together mm-hmm. and create a really productive or joyful or fun or peaceful or creative mm-hmm. day, whatever, whatever kind of day you want to have. So, um, you know, I think what's evolved is that I do often now sit down in front of the computer to have more of a conversation with them to start the day. Mm-hmm. And typically I'll just put my fingers on the keyboard, close my eyes, open up a new file, and um, if I have a particular question, I'll type that in. And then I just really take a couple of deep breaths, settle in, get to that space where I can really feel that that internal voice I'm hearing Mm -hmm. is my guides, and then just start typing whatever comes. So it was actually kind of a surprise to me that Ella showed up as I started the writing of Let Your Spirit Guide Speak That wasn't something that I had intentionally asked for or anticipated. Ah. But early on in the writing process, I sat down one morning to start working on the book and just had this picture. All of a sudden, I saw this face um, in my mind's eye very clearly of this woman who looked kind of like the composite of hundreds of women I know. Hmm. Um, You know, probably in her 50s, I'd say, maybe even early 60s wise, smart, a little bit mischievous and playful, Mm -hmm. Um, just all of these wonderful nurturing and wise qualities to her. So I asked, well, who is this? And what I heard was, she is your writing guide. She'll help you write this book. So I tuned in, you know, to what her name might be and settled on Ella. And from that point on, every day when I sat down to write, I would just do the same thing that I do in my morning meditations. I'd Mm -hmm. put my hands on the keyboard, Um, ask ella what are we writing about today and then i would just type what i heard so her direct um, the transcriptions essentially of what she said make up probably 25 to 30 percent of the book and Mm -hmm. i think that was even a surprise to my publisher because (laughs) at the time that i outlined and conceived the book which basically was given to me by the guides Mm -hmm. they hadn't said anything about you know a writing guide um having her voice in the book But clearly, that was the perfect thing. And I think it adds so much to the book to hear her wisdom directly the way she said it.
0: Oh, I so agree. And I love the pages with the quotes, too. Um, I just opened it. I marked some of them out. I just opened it because I thought, you know, we might get a nice quote here. Here's one. Your capacity to know and understand yourself may be the most important byproduct of partnering with your guides. Mm.
1: And boy, thank you to the guides for having you open (laughs) to that particular (laughs) one, because I think probably of all of the reasons of connecting with our guides, that really is it. You know, that's what they're here for is to help us know ourselves, to know the grandeur of who we are, to know the limitlessness of what we can accomplish and that we just really don't need to be living in a place of fear that can so often stymie um, who we are and what we want to do, what we want to create, and how we want to be in this world. So that's where over and over I've seen it for myself, and I'm, now I'm seeing it even more with other people as they read the book, that mm. the guidance that we get is so often not what we expect. Um, you know, One story that I like to share is uh, this very dynamic young woman that I know who's a single mom, runs her own business, it's just one of the most intelligent and kind of firecracker sort of people, mm-hmm. really wonderful woman. And um she had participated in a fitness contest through the summer, came in as one of the five finalists nationally uh, because she had done so well in this contest, obviously wanted to win, especially because there was a pretty big cash prize awarded to the winner. Well, she found out that she didn't win. Mm-hmm. And when she sat down to talk with her guides I think she was sort of expecting, like most of us would, that maybe they would just be very comforting and say, they're there, you know, it's okay. Um, You know, you, you did your best, and that's what matters, that kind of thing, sort of a paternal voice. And instead what she heard was one of her guides saying, you know, this whole thing that humans set up about winning and losing, look at the dynamics of that. When you say that somebody has to win, and everybody else then has to feel miserable because they didn't, is that really useful to you? Is that a model that you want to use in your life and that you want to set up your life around? And they just kind of challenged her, you know, to think of the whole concept of winning and losing first. And then they also said to her, look at what you were able to accomplish when you focused your attention on a particular goal. They said, this is transferable to everything else that you do in your life. So there was no losing to this. This is what you want is to be able to see what you're capable of. And to know that there are no limits for you. Well, that's the kind of guidance that we get, you know, from our guides. Yeah. People don't often say those things to us. It's the guides who can take our life experiences and show them to us in a different light, give us a different perspective, so that all of it is about growth and all of it is about knowing ourselves better. So that's why I'm so passionate and excited, you know, about helping to spread this message because you think, what would happen in this world if we all knew that we've got this spiritual help available to us and we all tapped into it Mm 24-7? And we knew that so many of the, the difficulties and the challenges that we face, either we wouldn't have to go there, we wouldn't have to take those detours, or we could just handle them with so much more grace and ease with the guidance and perspective of these higher beings.
0: Ah, amen to that. Um, I I loved your in-depth answer there, Deborah. One of the things I'd like to point out to listeners is that Deborah's stating that with the automatic writing, it's a practice. So she may hopefully um, pick the same time of day uh, or place or location or even just method um, to keep connecting. So if any of you are not feeling confident about hearing about automatic writing or connecting with your guides, do remember that it is a practice? It's like anything else. You have to build the muscle, like working out, right, Deborah?
1: Absolutely, and that's so important. I talk in the book, too, about the fact that there are so many different ways to communicate with your guides, Mm. and there's no one way that's better or worse than any other. You really will find the way that's right for you. So it could be through hearing some sort of internal voice. It could be Mm. through seeing your guides But it could be through seeing colors or feeling a sense of presence or feeling a brush, you know, sort of a caress against your cheek Mm -hmm. to just let you know that they're there. It could be through messages that come from animals, you know, totem animals or spirit animals. And it could be obviously through other human beings who just show up unexpectedly to give you a message that you think, hmm, I think maybe that was from my guides because they certainly can use us as messengers for for those things that need to be said uh, one to another.
0: I so hear you there, I do. Uh, It's funny, this morning I was just thinking about a time when I was on a train station platform and I was feeling low and worried about an issue I had in my life at the time. And I looked up and this total stranger looked in the window at me from the other side of the glass and said, mouthed at me, it's okay, Sarah, it'll all be okay. And I kind of looked and then the train moved off. And I was like, what the heck happened just then?
1: (laughs) So (laughs) there
0: you go. And I only had that memory this morning before this call. I was thinking, why am I having that memory now? And you just gave me the answer. So there we go. Right.
1: Yeah, really. This is so much about paying attention. Mm -hmm. You know, our lives can be so busy. We literally are on fast trains all the time. So what a great symbol that is, too, that it showed up in that way in your life that it could have been so easy to miss that moment or to not attribute the importance to it. Right. But when we re- slow down a little bit and just become aware, you know, really I think your listeners will find your guides are always speaking to you. It's just a matter of, are we listening? Are we tuning in? And as you said, that's just a practice. You know, if, mm-hmm. if people um, don't feel anything or don't hear anything right away, sometimes they think, Oh, This just doesn't work for me or maybe I don't have guides or they're not talking to me. Mm -hmm. But in truth, it's just a matter of practice to get that dial tuned in in the way that's right for you. And once you do that, then that communication will just flow.
0: I so agree. I so agree. And uh, even, you know, we all have to keep practicing, even those that have done it of us who might have had some success, always keep up with the practice.
1: Um, Absolutely.
0: Great. Great. So one of my favorite tools from the book so far, I tried this out for myself a couple of times and I got some interesting results is kind of place our inner energetic focus on the solar plexus area around the navel when posing a question to our guides and seeing what answer we get from there. And it was fascinating because I had a vision and I wasn't expecting that at all. So I just found that tool very effective. I'm just curious how that came about. Or is that something you've done for a while or?
1: Right. That came about through a meditation, a guided meditation that I did at the beginning of one of the A Course in Miracles classes that I teach. I teach a couple of different groups and I always start those classes with guided visualizations. And typically I don't know where those visualizations are going ahead of time. I don't plan them. So I'm really just very much listening to my own guidance Mm -hmm. and then following along and presenting that to the group. And that's something that just showed up in one of those visualizations and obviously had a lot of impact that night with the group. And then I used it a couple more times and found, wow, people, it really did open things up for people. I think it's because that is really the um, the energy center and the physical center of our bodies. Yeah. So when we train our attention there, there's so much energy there and so much knowledge and wisdom to be revealed um, and the great thing is that you can use it in so many different ways. You know, sometimes in visualizations, I'll have people drop their attention to that, um, solar plexus and in that light, the light that emanates from that place in us, because that's really the seat of our soul, mm. you can use it for, um, for healing of relationships, for instance. Mm. You know, really see a, a glow or a circle of light emanating from that place in you. And if there's someone that you have a conflict with, invite them to step into that light for a moment and just ask for them to be blessed. Mm. Maybe take a moment to say thank you to them for anything that you're grateful to them for, even if you're having a conflict with them. And you'll probably experience a shift in your energy and in, and in their energy as well. Um, it's just a very healing very soothing and peaceful kind of moment because really what it's doing is it's helping us remember that that's who we really are. All of these outer external relationships and conflicts and fears and challenges, um, those are the things that we experience in this physical world. But in that essence of who we are, there's always peace and healing, and we can go there, especially with the help of our guides, at any moment.
0: Oh, so true. And, you know, what's really funny As you were talking, I'm going, that vision I had was about a relationship. And there you are talking about relationships. So there
1: you go. <laughs> right,
0: right. <laughs> so uh, Deborah has a website at com, And um, you just mentioned because the energy is really flowing now. So the questions are kind of all getting connected together as we as they probably have been since the beginning. Um, but I know you also give spiritual workshops, just and you were talking about a course in miracles. I have that book by my bed, but I haven't made it all the way through yet. Could you tell us a little bit more about the work you do there and how people can find out more about the workshops you run?
1: Sure. Yeah, a course in miracles. For people who aren't familiar with it, it's a spiritual uh, spiritual psychotherapy is what mm. it's called, and it's also called a self study course. Although very few people that I know have actually been able to go through the whole thing on their own because it's very dense. Mm. It's not the type of thing that you can just pick up and read a couple of pages and absorb and put back down. Um, it is a channeled work that's that was channeled back in the 1960s. And really, I believe it has become the foundation for so many of the teachings that we are experiencing now um, because the foundation of that book and its teachings are everything about the fact that there's fear and there's love and of those two only love is real. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the, It talks so much about the ego and the higher self and really gives us so many tools to understand who we are as spiritual beings and how we can stay connected to the Holy Spirit, to God, to Jesus, to our guides, and it's, you know, it's very clear about the fact that it uses that Christian language, but it is ecumenical and it's non-denominational. Um, if any of those words don't res- resonate for your listeners, I just invite you to substitute the words that do work for you. Because it's not about a particular religion or about a particular theology. It's really just about who we are as human and spiritual beings and how we can live from a higher place in this physical world. So I do teach classes in that, um, and we'll be doing more in the coming year. So probably the best way for people to find out about that and the other things I do um, would be to go to DebraEngle.com, and that's dot com. I've got upcoming events on the website, and you can also sign up for my list, and I just send out periodic updates about some inspirational thoughts um, and then upcoming events as well. So I do workshops based on my books. Um, and then also I do a lot of work with writers, mentoring writers, especially ones who are developing books of their own that have some kind of a positive message for the world. And I do retreats and, and workshops on that as well. So going to the, the website or signing up for the list is the best way to stay in touch.
0: Great. Thank you, Deborah. And um, now I know you mentor writers. That's a very useful piece of information for me, too. So Great. lovely. Now, you you mentioned ego and ha ha, the next question is about that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> yeah. So in your book,
0: um... When Your Spirit Guides Speak, you talk about our battle with that famous adversary, the human ego, and how sometimes the ego may try and block our access to guides. I love that because it has happened to me for sure. Um, but I hadn't always attributed um, what it was that was happening in the moment. Um, so I'd love if you could share some examples of how that may manifest for people when the ego is blocking the connection to guides.
1: Absolutely. And just to give a little context for this, because I think it's so important to understand what's going on in our own minds, is that we do have the ego mind that really is based in fear. That's the part of us that questions, am I lovable? Am I worthy? Will I ever be successful? Mm. Um, Am I good enough? Always comparing ourselves to everyone else and always looking for evidence that this is a scary place and that we won't succeed or be lovable. Our higher self, our higher mind, on the other hand, is the part of us that remembers that we are connected to a higher power, Mm -hmm. to divinity and to our guides. And so we always have the choice about where we're going to hang out. (laughs) Are we going to hang out in that fear or will we hang out with that higher mind and that connection to spirit? So when we think of it that way, then what happens is that the ego, as strange as it seems, it really doesn't want us to be joyful or successful. Mm. Because if it did, then how could it continue to try to be successful or joyful? It's always looking for evidence that we're not. So Oddly enough and insanely, which is what it does, it really blocks any progress that we would make to become um, more growthful, to become more of who we are. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, whenever we are thinking about connecting with our guides, that ego mind may show up with thoughts like, oh, again, you know, they're not going to pay any attention to you, or they don't care about these little decisions in your life, or, well, you know, you can sit and try to talk to them, but even if you have an experience, how are you going to know that that's them? Right. Or so it'll just bring up all of these issues, either blocking us from even trying mm-hmm. or then evaluating and judging and criticizing what we experience and trying to make us mistrust it. Those are the two biggest tools, and the ego will do everything <laughs> that it can to use those tools in a number of different ways. It'll make you think, Oh, I'm too busy, you know, to talk to my guides. I right. just don't have time or it's not going to work anyway. You know, it'll just try to talk you out of it before you, before you even make a start. So the great thing is that you can just be aware when those thoughts come up, you can know, Oh, look at that. That's just my ego talking. And that's not the truth of who I am because the truth of who I am is this higher mind that very much is in tune with my guides and wants to communicate with them. Mm-hmm. So which do I choose? oh, I think I'm going to choose to go with my higher mind right now. Now, it's important to know that the ego is very insistent, and it's very loud and noisy, and it gets in our face. <laughs> so you sometimes, <laughs> this is where the vigilance and the spiritual practice really come in, mm-hmm. because we do need you know that consistency to keep saying no to the ego and keep moving to the higher mind. I... um I do encourage people, you know, if you're interested in moving into a deeper relationship with your guides, the book that I wrote a couple of years ago is called, um, The Only Little Prayer You Need. Mm -hmm. And it's all about using just a very simple prayer to ask for your fear-based thoughts to be healed. And I think the two go together so well because once we ask for those fear-based thoughts to be healed and they're out of our way, then we really are reducing the static and the blocks and the barriers that can stand in our way of communicating with our guides, and it can make that communication so much easier. It also allows us to enter into that relationship from a place of feeling very worthy and from a place of partnership rather than from a place of desperate need and, oh, I'm really not worthy to receive your help, but please, please, please help me. Energetically, that's very different than approaching your guides from a place of, oh, I really want to get to know you. I know that you're here. I know that you can help me, I know that I can help you, and I really want to partner with you. And asking for those fear-based thoughts to be healed can really help us move into that place of knowing ourselves better, even before we start the relationship with our guides.
0: Right, that almost results in um, an unrestricted energy flow, as opposed to the ego kind of squeezing the pipe, is what I feel.
1: Sometimes. There you go. That's, mm-hmm. Yep. That's a great way to say it. Or just turning off the faucet altogether is right. what it will sometimes do. Mm-hmm.
0: So when we're talking with our guides and we're and the um, I hope you've got a bit more time because we are going on sure. longer than I thought. Um, But I think the energy's flowing. So um, we'll get on to spiritual blackout in a minute, which I love that phrase for it. And I know people here will resonate with that. But first of all, when we're learning to work with our guides and we're starting to formulate questions, um, is there any ways you'd consider formulating questions, thinking of asking them, other than, you know, help?
1: <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> yep,
1: help is often comes to mind first. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you can start to understand that there's no question that's too small or any question that's too big. So often I think, you know, the help that we want from our guides has to do with who am I? What am I here for? So questions like... What do I need to know right now? What do I need more of in my life? What do I need to let go of in my life? Help me understand any conflicts that I may be having. How can I be more forgiving or more compassionate with myself? How can I be more forgiving with someone else? What's standing in my way right now? Those kinds of questions, they're all Mm open-ended. And I think that's where we can open up to the greatest guidance, I really encourage people not to ask yes or no questions mm-hmm. because, you know, that just sort of limits, um, limits our thinking and limits the answer as well. But if you ask those open-ended questions, I think you'll be amazed at what sorts of insights you get. But it's also important to know that there is no question too small. So, you know, if you get up in the morning and you're standing in your closet and looking at what what do I wear for today? (laughs) Ask your guides. You know, you may think that that's sort of silly and a waste of their time and energy. But they're here to help you be happy and make your life easier. And it's amazing how if you ask them, they're going to have an opinion (laughs) and it will be the right thing for you. So don't worry about, oh, this is this is too petty. They wouldn't care. You know, if you have if you need to figure out what day to have your dentist appointment, ask them. Again, because they've got a bigger picture, and while these things may seem like small decisions, Mm -hmm. it could be, you know, the day that you set up the dentist appointment really is important because you need to be free on a different date for an important appointment that you don't even know about yet. So just always ask. Make it a habit as you go through your day. Again, feeling like they're right there next to you, just turn to them over and over again and say, what do you think? Help me out here. And Mm -hmm. as you start building that kind of practice again i think you'll be amazed at what starts to happen
0: love that there's one thing i do where i walk around the house if i'm in a hurry with my girls and so on and so forth i will say if i can't find something can you please put my eyes on it and they will literally move my eyes to the thing that i'm looking for it's the oddest thing that's that's happened a lot for me i'm like where's i ask them where's so and so where's this and i get moved to that place or that location so You're right. Right. The the smallest question can be just as helpful.
1: Absolutely. And kind of along those lines, I tell a couple of stories in the book about people who said who wanted one wanted a relationship and one wanted um, a pet, a dog. Mm -hmm. And in both cases, they basically said, put please put it right in my path so that I can't miss it. And Ah. in both cases, that's exactly what happened. (laughs) So we (laughs) we can ask for that kind of help, too, which is similar to what you're saying, Mm -hmm. just uh, a different way of help me make sure that i see it
0: oh i like that i'm going to borrow that with pride deborah thank you go ahead one very much (laughs) now in the the book um you also have a section entitled spiritual blackout and one of my energy work teachers also calls that a desert desert period which i think is another nice way of putting it can you talk more to that because i know neither of us and probably many of the listeners are alone in experiencing the phenomenon of spiritual blackout
1: Right, and I think it's, again, it's so important because often we'll fall into a time of depression or discouragement or the dark night of the soul, Mm -hmm. and things in that place can seem very hopeless, and we'll start to ask, what's wrong with me, you know, or what have I done wrong, or why am I feeling this way, and we really get sucked into that ego fear, it's like, you know, a a, sort of a black hole that we think we're not going to get out of, we don't know how to get out of it, Mm -hmm. But if we recognize that spiritual blackout is just a time when we may need to kind of go into that, into some of our fears or we need to just be cut off a little bit for a little while, it's not permanent. It doesn't mean that we've done anything wrong. We're not broken. It's just a time where maybe we need a time of stillness, and that's the place that we go. For me, I call it a spiritual blackout because typically I feel like I've got an open phone line to my guides, Mm -hmm. and that it's active, you know, pretty much all the time. Mm -hmm. But when I'm in spiritual blackout, it's like somebody has just cut the phone line, and boom, everything has gone black. And it's, you know, I describe a lot of the feelings in the book, it's an awful place to be. But if we can remember, this is not permanent, there will be gifts that will come from this, because once we come out of the dark night of the soul, we're going to come out in a different place. Mm -hmm. And we will have learned something and gained something. So if we can remember, even though we don't feel connected to spirit at this moment, it's not because that connection has been severed. We're just not able to experience it right now. And if we can focus on that, I think it can help us weather that storm, You know, keep going through that cave um, until we come out back into the light again.
0: Yes, yeah, so true. And I think so many people need to also realize, from, this is just from my experience, that sometimes that blackout is due to the energy body having some kind of reset or just finding it's, you know, um, assimilating something new, some new piece of learning or some new situation or gearing up for something even.
1: Exactly. And I also, for me personally, I really feel like it's related to the hormonal imbalances in our body. Um, So, yeah, for women in particular, Mm -hmm. I think it's you can see as part of the cycle, you know, the monthly cycle, that there can also be that cycle of, feeling like you're going into a dark place. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so being able to name it, the desert or the spiritual blackout, and again, know that it's temporary, I think can help to see the light and to, to focus on the light coming back.
0: So useful. Thank you. Thank you. Now, uh, we're nearly at the end here. I've got a couple more questions. This one, I wanted to talk about spirit envy. I loved some of the phrases you coined in your book. And that was definitely one of them. So I've been to a lot of workshops, worn a lot of spiritual t-shirts. And um, Spirit's calling us while we're talking about it, too. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and we'd love to hear something about that uh, from you to help our list, uh, our listeners and me, too. So Spirit Envy, sure. what's that about?
1: OK, Spirit Envy is that idea that um, came to mind for me personally years ago because I'm, I'm blessed to know a lot of people who have um, a lot of different spiritual and psychic abilities Mm -hmm. so there was one friend in particular who could see her guides very clearly all the time Mm -hmm. and i thought well how come i can't see mine it was that (laughs) it's like well the grass is greener on the other side Mm -hmm. so (laughs) she can see her guides and i can't see mine so i must be doing something wrong and her experience must be better that's oh and i apologize for the for the uh the ways that they're getting in touch here Um, (laughs) the universe is calling that's right (laughs) But that's really spirit envy. That's the name of it or the meaning of it is just um, thinking that what you have or your experience isn't as good as what somebody else is experiencing. And one of the things, that, again, this is why I think it's so important to tune into what's right for you mm. because I at one point then asked my guides, how come I can't see you on a regular basis? Mm. And their answer made perfect sense. They said, for me, the work that I do um, in the teaching and the mentoring and the writing and everything else really relies on listening. And if I were able to see them, then I wouldn't be able to develop my listening skills as much. So once they said that to me, it made perfect sense, and I got over the spirit envy. And that's why I really encourage all of your listeners to ask. Ask your guides, you know, why am I communicating with you in this particular way? Mm. Because there will definitely be a reason behind it.
0: Oh, that's key. That's an excellent piece of learning. Thank you. I'm taking that on right now because I'm more highly clairaudient than anything else. I hear more than see or sense or feel. So that makes total sense, especially if you're a writer. Okay, Deborah, last question um, for now anyway. (laughs) If you would offer (laughs) one piece of advice to our listeners at Mum on a Spiritual Journey about how to create or increase the connection with their spirit guides, what would it be?
1: It would be just to set up a regular date with your guides. Mm. And again, think of it as a person that you want to get to know. You know, if you're entering into a romantic relationship, you don't set up a date, you know, now and then maybe three weeks from now, and then maybe you talk to them a month later. You talk to them today, their texts back, back and forth, you set up a date for this weekend or maybe tomorrow, um, and you just – there's a sense of urgency and a sense of really wanting to get to know each other. And that will help you more than anything else. So just set up a regular schedule of connecting with your guides. Really, I encourage every day. And the thing is, it doesn't have to be 20 minutes or a 30 minute conversation or any big to do. You can set up a date that says, you know, um, while I'm brushing my teeth every day for one minute, I'm just going to stop. Stand still, close my eyes, take a deep breath, and tune into my guides. Mm -hmm. Come up with a time that works for you and an amount of time that works for you and just build it as a spiritual practice, as part of your day. As you do that, you know, you will automatically then start expanding the amount of time that you want to spend with them. Um, But don't make it hard. You know, that's the biggest thing is to make it as easy as you can, make it fit into your schedule, and know that as soon as you try to contact them, you will get a response. Um, I mean, they're going to be there communicating with you mm. and your ability to, to receive that will just grow and develop every day the more that you do this.
0: Wonderful answer. Thank you so much, Deborah, for lending your time, energy and your guides to our listeners today. Um, it's been a blessed, pleasure. It's been a pleasure for me too. I feel blessed to have had this conversation. Thank you so much.
1: Well, thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed it.
0: Woohoo, as we say. Yay! <laughs> yes! Thank you to the guides. Um, plenty of yays. So just to recap, today we were talking about Deborah Landway Engel's book, Let Your Spirit Guides Speak. Uh, Deborah has a website at debrengel.com. I'll make sure the link is on the blog post at Mum Spiritual Journey so you guys can locate her easily. You can also find her on Facebook, that like, like, little box at the top of Facebook. Type in Deborah Engel author and you'll find her. Uh, she's also tweeting on Twitter and her handle is Deborah Engel, followed by the number two. Uh, so look out for other podcasts at Mum Spiritual Journey. This one's going to go, be going out on iTunes, Stitcher and Blueberry. You can go to the source at com, and feel free to check out all the resources there while you're at it. Thanks, everyone, for listening in the light and until next time.